Well, I have a question for you this week. Excellent. There we go. So, should a player who has an amazing season and helps guide your team to a Stanley Cup get their name in the rafters? Now, I'm not talking about a retired number, but I'm talking about another kind of thank you. So, my example for this was kind of born out of Puck Soup last week where they talked about Tim Thomas. And it got me thinking that he might go into the Hall of Fame. And I think he should, for the reason, as we've mentioned, Zetterberg before, that he was a guy who came from nowhere, shouldn't have been as good as he was, but worked and worked and worked, and then got to the promised land. Tim Thomas is not going to get his number retired at TD Garden. He's just not, because he he wasn't there for 12 years, 15 years, put up all these stats and all that kind of thing. But there should be some way for these players to get some kind of recognition, right? Or is the name on the trophy recognition enough? What do you think? I think um, for for the initial question, should they, you know, have some recognition? I think that depends on player to player, really. Like um, Tim Thomas is a great example of someone who does who does deserve sort of extra recognition than just a name on the cup. Yeah, because um, because I think he's a fantastic story. I'm, I'm absolutely with you. I think he should be in the in the Hall of Fame. I think that's what the Hall of Fame should be based around. It's not, you know, just your stats. It's not just your your impact on the game is absolutely what it is. But you know, it, I think it should be about famous players and and good stories that are worth remembering. And Tim Thomas is a fantastic story. You know, whether you agree with his politics or not. He to go yep. that long in the lower leagues and then come up and become an elite goaltender. He he won the Vesna, didn't he? Or am I making that up? I think he did. Well, he definitely he definitely won the Con Smythe in that cup. Yeah, he was Con exactly. To, and you don't get that. And you know, in hockey of all sports, we should be celebrating that sort of thing. Um, a lot of teams already have like a like a Ring of Honor type thing. I know Vancouver called it the Ring of Honor, and I think there's like a. A Calgary equivalent, I think, as a Toronto equivalent. So, I think it is already done for certain players. But yeah, I think I think it should be like a player-to-player basis. Like Tim Thomas, yes. Justin Williams for the LA Kings, maybe not. Yeah. Not quite the same, uh, same magnitude. Although you know both Con Smythe winners, so. I know, but then it becomes then it becomes a thing, doesn't it? Of how do you determine? At what point, if a player scores, if a player has no points but scores the winning goal in a game seven, does he get the name up there? Does he get something? Because <laughs> you think, well, he scored the winning goal. That's the most important goal of the entire series, maybe. Well, that that's where there's so much more to just the stats. Like, say, for the Bruins back in the day, it was Sean Thornton, no goals throughout the entire playoffs, no scores yeah. a game seven overtime winner. That's he probably would have had his bloody number aside based on Sean Thornton's uh, reputation already. But then on, <laughs> on that sort of thing, like Devontae Smith Pelly last year, um, yeah, he you know integral big part of um, of the Caps playoff win, uh, you know cup win, but you know, <laughs> probably won't have any sort of honour around Verizon Centre. Had to go one step further; he didn't even get a qualified offer on his contract. So, like that's. That's the harsh reality of it. Like, you know, as much as you can contribute to a playoff success, this is for sort of true recognition like that to have your name sort of etched into the the walls of the arena. I think you need to, generally speaking, do it for a longer time than just one playoff run. 
I'm still waiting for that Devontae Smith Pelly statue outside the arena. Because like the one where he's in midair, you know, the Bobby Orr one outside Boston State, outside Boston's arena. They needed Devontae Smith Pelly on outside the castle. Well, d- where he's in midair. They do like a like a carbon copy, but just with Devontae Smith Pelly's head on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he's like he was practically upside down, wasn't he, when he made that shot? He kind of flew through the air and was half upside down. Online, he was doing back. like a. Like one of those Tibetan monks doing a, a single finger handstand on like a pole of wood. <laughs> or a spinner Rooney, like Booker T in WWE. <laughs> spinner Rooney. Spinner Rooney. <laughs> Maybe that's what they could do. The Devontae Smith Pelly stand is in like a rotation. And it's like it's just like a spinner Rooney. <laughs> you can just go and spin it. <laughs> Mate, the spinner Rooney. That is something I've not thought about for a very long time. It's been a while. I was thinking as well though. You just you just know that any player, because it's hockey and it's the for the good of the team, any player who got their name put in a special little section all by themselves would be greatly embarrassed by it and would just say, "Oh no, I can't. The, the name on the cup's enough. Don't please don't do this. Please don't single me out for praise. It's awful. Please." I, I don't even want my name on the cup. I just yeah. want my jersey number, uh, and that'll do. In fact, just the name of the team. Yeah, just put the team name. Just put Washington Capitals player. Don't put the number, don't put the jersey, don't put anything. I don't want any players, Washington please. Capitals. Forward, 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 defenceman, goaltender, <laughs> forward, forward, forward. I know, it's, it's the ultimate team game, is it? They've all got their names on the trophy. Seems a bit uh, seems a bit fancy, if you ask me. I wish they started doing that with things like, like the Premier League trophy, but not not changing the design, just start smashing names onto the side of that comparatively small cup. You could do it on the stand. That'd be that'd be a cool thing. You could have the names on the stand, couldn't you? Because they always pick up off like a gold kind of circle bit. That'd be cool if you could put the names into that. That'd be really cool. For the winning team that year. So every year a new team gets their own little one. I just quite like that they do it with the old ribbons and the colours. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a bit tacky. It's a bit cheap, isn't it? It's the Premier League for fuck. How much money do they make? Like, how much is that it new is. Sky deal? Like four billion quid or something? Like, <laughs> can't afford we've got to some do an engraving. <laughs> yeah, we've got, I'm not paying for an engraver. Are you mad? I'm not made of money. I, I don't know, mate. I, I like it. Call me, uh, call me cheap, but I, I like it. I'm a big fan of it. I think it's it's tradition, isn't it? Well, there we go. Then that's all Tim Thomas needs. He just needs a bobblehead with some ribbons on it, and that should be enough. I don't, to, to, signify be, his, to signify his to signify his playoff run. If uh, if these diving injury faking footballers with absolutely no scruples whatsoever um, are satisfied with some coloured ribbons, I think Tim Thomas should be too. <laughs> there we go. All right then, should we start the show then? Probably should. that time of the week you know what it is it's the smooth recap John Tortorella is the first American coach ever to 600 wins and he always salutes the flag which means in hockey terms he is a real American 
He'll fight with his wife and every man. He is a real American. He fights every night. He'll fight on the ice. It's duck hunting season in Anaheim, with opponents shooting at will as the club lost their 11th straight game this past Sunday, a franchise record. You can keep your Ali Listons, Tyson Holyfields, and Joshua Klitschkoves. The only heavyweight bout I cared about was Adam McQuaid versus Ryan Reeves. The vengeance from Vegas, taking down the right hook ranger to score the TKO. It's duck hunting season in Anaheim with opponents shooting at will as the club lost their 12th straight game this past Tuesday. Also a franchise record. (laughs) (laughs) The Detroit Red Wings players' wives have issued all of their husbands with Viagra as they shoot their shots and load way too quickly. (laughs) Evidence of this is they become the first team since 2007 to score in the opening minute of every period. Better do some Kegel exercises there boys to uh, last longer. In tech news, GoDaddy.com has a new subscriber in Northern Alberta with Has Chiarelli Been Fired Yet?.ca going live. Simpsons news now, and Superintendent Chalmers was the guest of honour to watch his employee and subordinate, Jeff Seymour Skinner, be the first Sabres player in seven years to score 30 goals in a season. Skinner! A new addition to the You Can't Do That commandments came in the form of Marc Andre Fleury attempting to build a snow wall in front of his net prior to being pulled for the extra attacker. Flower escaped punishment, but still received a reprimand from our striped overlords. Much maligned when he played for 17 teams in one season, and ridiculed for being no good, my great-grandfather's son's daughter's second sister's brother's sister records the Canadian's franchise record for most saves in a regular season home game with 52. Congrats to my favourite relative, my auntie, Niamey. Thankfully and finally, Milan Lucic has scored more goals this calendar year than Austin Matthews and Patrick Laine combined. Lucic potted his third of the year shortly before the first horseman of the apocalypse was sighted riding over Edmonton. And that was the Smooth Recap. <laughs> that duck song was amazing. <laughs> oh, thank you. It, I hope they made up for your absolutely atrocious ones. <laughs> Which was what? Fucking anti-Niamey. And you were singing again. I thought we'd put a veto on you singing. Sorry. I can't help it. Sometimes it comes out on me. That's fine. Can you, uh, can you make up for was it? great. I, th- I liked my great-grandfather's son's daughter's second sister's brother's sister. I was, I was thinking, where the hell are you going? I spent going ages working that out as well. <laughs> like, how can I get to auntie just stupidly? <laughs> that, was, that was all I had. Who's, uh, who's your cup winner, Dad? What have you got for me? To redeem yourself. I'll tell you, I've got one in the cup, Will. Everybody. Everybody's back in contention. <laughs> so, I've written all these down. The Habs are now one point out of second place in the Atlantic. How? One point out of second oh. place. Columbus, at the moment, are the best team in the Metro, despite having two Russians who hate it there. I may be paraphrasing that, but that's how I understand it. How, how can you send home your your goalie and still be first in... in- Probably the best division in the league at the moment. I know. The New York Hockey Islanders clearly just lost their best player and were going to struggle completely and bring in Leo Komarov and Vittori Filpola. They're third in the Metro and playing really, really well. They ended the Lightning's winning streak by beating them 5-1. The top three in the Pacific are all heaters. The Flames, the Sharks, the Knights are all playing decent hockey right now. The Sharks are suddenly 
looking like the team we thought they were going to be. The top three in the Central, on their day, can beat anybody. The Jets, the Preds, the Avalanche. That top line, the Avalanche's top line, probably the best line in hockey. Jets and the Preds, obviously, we know what they can do. The Stars, who we talked about the other week, are complete horseshit, are now in a playoff place. And then you've got the Oilers, the Canucks, and the Ducks, who've lost 12 straight, are only two points out. And the Blues, who won the off-season, and, and we said were just complete failures, are now only four points out. Everyone's winning the cup, Will. I don't know how it's going to happen, but that's it. The whole it's 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 all wide open again. So with with all of that being true, does that make this the worst season in a, of NHL hockey in history? It's atrocious. It's a shambles, is what it is. This league's a joke. <laughs> I I'm not even trying to make a joke, really. Like this is like how how can we have so many? Because Anaheim, especially as a case study, have lost twelve in a row, and they were really bad to start the year. And yet they're still only a point out of the two points out of playoff contention. Like it's just, it. What's the point? What is the point of the regular season if people can be this shit and then still just be in it? We talked about last season, the, and when we did our playoff predictions, that I had, I said, well, you know, there's always an outlier, but it turned out there were two outliers, and that nobody picked the Caps, nobody picked the Knights this season. Imagine, imagine to do the playoff predictions now. I can't wait to see the playoff predictions for this year. I assume everyone's just going to pick the Lightning, but they probably won't win it. The Lightning right now are the only team who you can probably bank on and say, okay, that's the team at the moment. But like, even in the like Calgary, are the best team in the West. But if you think there's probably three or four teams behind them. And if they go on a little bit of a, like a, a little bit of a drought and they lose maybe three or four games, think about the playoff race in like two weeks. It's insane. And and even even if they don't like Calgary winning the Pacific, I mean yeah. they're not. They're, <laughs> yeah, what? exactly. Like they're not they're not a terrible team by any stretch of the imagination, but they're not particularly good. It just feels a bit like I don't know. This is just parity at work, isn't it? Everything's all over the place. Batman must just be beside himself with absolute joy. This is all he's ever wanted, isn't it? He hasn't. Um, what's that? Uh, that South Park episode where they uh, they take they take the internet away or they ration out the internet. <laughs> you got um, Randy. Wait, Randy uh, do you mean the, the shot of Randy when he's covered in chairs? <laughs> exactly that. But it's but it's Batman. <laughs> just looking at the standings and um, yeah, covered in the aforementioned spermatoa. Yeah, just covered in spuge. Anyway. Lucky guy. Ugh, gross. Who have you got winning the cup? Aside from everyone. I've got I've got one man. I mean everyone does everyone has a chance of winning the cup, but there's only one man who's really gonna win it. Go on. Um that man's name is Michael Furland. Uh recently been crowned the new spokesperson for Gillette. Uh, after he <laughs> beat the ever living shit <laughs> out of Austin Watson. <laughs> the spokesman for Gillette, a great call on a on an advert just been released this week. If um if you don't win the cup for for that sort of um humanitarianism, really, Dan is what it was. Um, yeah, no, I don't think anyone deserves to win the cup if you're not giving it to Michael Ferland. It's true. What did you think of the advert? Have you seen it? Uh, yeah, I only saw it yesterday. Um, yeah, me too. I only saw it yesterday. Yeah, good. Good. Yeah, I'm I glad yeah. I, I, I like how it. I like how they, it was very self-aware. It was like, 
look, yeah, we've probably been indirectly part of the issue for a number of years. Um, and yeah, it's good. Like it's, I, I get the issues that people have with it. Like it's a bit corny, it's a bit sort of hokey and 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 hammy sort of thing. But it it has to be. It has to be because people are still pieces of shit out there. And like it takes a big company like Gillette, who I don't know, I don't know about the Americans or the Europeans, but for us, us English, I'd say they are the brand associated with razors and shaving. Yeah, for sure. It's good for them. Yeah, no matter what the what the product is for a company of that size to come out and and make a very straightforward um, advert saying, "Look, you need to sort it out, man." And it's it's good. It was good to see. I, I saw Ricky Gervais's tweet, which was amazing, mm-hmm. which was, thanks Gillette, I've, yeah, thanks Gillette, I've stopped beating up small boys at barbecues and my balls are now really smooth. <laughs> but it is true, you need, you need these kinds of things to be hit over people's heads sometimes. And I understand not every single guy is a knuckle-dragging moron, 90, 95% of them are not. But then there are those 5% of men who are absolute dicks, who you see out on a Saturday night and you just think, oh, you fucking idiot. And what's the you know what's the alternative? It's some at least it's something. At least they're trying to do something. I think um, it's not ninety five percent of people though that yeah. While while ninety five percent of men aren't out, you know, starting a fight after they've had two bites of their chicken donna, it's um, it's the little things. You know, it's not about just getting coked up and getting into a fight. It's not about <laughs> you know domestic violence. It's not about beating kids strictly at committing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just those those little things that are um are part of the norm. You know, they're they're so ingrained in society that people don't even necessarily think of them as as sort of issues that we need to we need to look at because they're so ingrained in. Um, there was a there was a case at Disneyland where a little boy wanted to go on the princess experience, and he dressed up as a princess, and they refused him entry. Mate, because he was a boy dressed up as a princess, and I, th- I, I'm a, I'm very much a, everybody should be able to be themselves, and I thought that was really that Disney would not want to risk, even if they, even if they think it or not, that they wouldn't want to risk the massive PR disaster that came from that, that they'd let yeah. him in just because, in just because of oh shit, we better let him in because what if someone says something? But they were like, no, you're not coming in, and I was like, fucking hell, that's insane! Like, so the little boy wants to wear a dress, who gives a shit? And that's what the thing I got got from the Gillette advert was that it's not about you as you feel yourself. It's saying it's saying to your kids who might be young boys, this is how men should behave. You should help people. You should stop fights. You don't. That's not how you solve problems. That's not how you do this. Not how you do that. And that's that, yeah. That was the good thing. This is it. Like it again. It was the arguably the most hammy part of the advert, but where they're breaking up that little fight and. You know, stopping the whole boys will be boys will be boys will be boys will be boys bit. Yeah, yeah. That was really important because that was just the bit that really touches on while it might have been this way for hundreds of years and it might just be ingrained in society, society is what we make it. Like, society isn't, you know, it's not the, the wind and the and the rivers and fire and the sky and stuff. Like, it's not set in stone. We have ultimate control over society and if something's wrong we need to address it did you um, when your daughter was born did everybody buy her pink stuff straight away 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Loads, yeah, of, had, loads of pink stuff. Yeah, we had that. And I said, I I said mean, to my wife, I said, it just feels a bit weird that what well, she doesn't want to wear pink, you know? <laughs> what well, she wants to wear brown or green or whatever. Like, she's... Her, her hair hasn't grown a lot. So it's it's sort of filling in at the back. She she's got coverage, but it's not very long. So she, it's just like she's got sort of a crew cut kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and we we do dress her in a lot of sort of navies and greens and stuff, just because it's yeah they're like the dinosaur jumpers and they've got dogs on and stuff like that, rather than just princesses and cats and I love my mummy written all over it. Yeah. So yeah. almost like if we if we're at the shop and she's in the trolley, someone's like, oh hello young man, how are you doing? And it's just so like. Do you ever say it's a? Do you ever say actually it's a girl, or do you just? Like, oh yeah, almost. Well, no, no, we don't. We don't outright say uh, actually she's a girl, but it's more like oh yeah she's having a lovely time. Like oh she's having a really good day. Like just trying to get that point of like no, it's actually a, a young girl. Like can you it's not. It out? It's not some old dear. Hello there, Sonny. And you're like you fucking what? <laughs> <laughs> say that again, you bitch. <laughs> Did you just fucking misgender my baby, you little tart? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Alright. Now. Um have there we got we go. more jokes to make about hockey yet or what? Right, yeah, this has yeah, got it's got a bit much in it. Fucking got, Jeanette, got, what got, have we done? got a bit serious. It was good though, I like the advert. Anyway. Who's getting relegated? Who is getting we, relegated, Dan? Come on. We did mention them, but Father Time is undefeated and the old Anaheim ducks are now being hunted mercilessly by Elmer Fudd, like it's fucking duck season. So yep, yeah, twelve straight losses. That's ridiculous. As much as teams going on fucking 15, 16 game wins. Losing 12 straight is ridiculous. And they, they've lost more games in a row than the Lightning have all season. Isn't that just lovely? <laughs> I love those stats. It's so good. So, I, don't th- I don't think Bob Murray's going to make a change either. He's not he's, he's not the kind of guy to do that, is he? But I don't, not, no, co- not head thing, coach. The thing I've heard is he never likes changing coach mid-season. Yeah. So... Like he had the but Randy bizarre though, after, the 12 straight, after 12 straight losses though at, at this point nobody would say oh my god typical GM can't just handle a few losses it's 12 I think everyone would I think if he did have a change everyone would go yeah it's probably the right time I think it's, especially if they've been really shit all year and they've been outshot all year like this isn't this is like 12 game losing streak or not like this has been a bad club it's literally right. John Gibson. That's the whole. The whole team is John Gibson, who, right now, is a legit heart contender. He, he's... I'd, I wouldn't be surprised if there was some behind the Web D type documentary um, with a little uh, little insight on Randy Carlyle's meeting that was just right. Gibby's going to save the park, so let's just worry about getting up the <laughs> other end. Like, yeah, like he just doesn't doesn't care anymore. I know. Anyway, who have you got getting relegated? Uh, I have a team getting relegated, Dan. Um, and you say like stats like the Ducks losing more in a row than the Lightning have lost all season. A little bit of a different spin, but um, I'm going to relegate the Florida Panthers. Okay. For their five-one loss to Montreal last night, um, in which the Panthers scored one goal, as uh, as I just mentioned. Yeah. On uh, do you know how many shots they took? Shots on goal. That is. <sighs> I do not. I'm not going to guess because if it's yeah, you just you just say I hate I hate that kind of thing. You know, when you say to somebody, I bet you can't guess this, and they either guess ridiculously high or ridiculously low, and then your answer just sounds shit anyway. 
so I never do it. Yeah, if you're like, oh, that's a, that's a nice jumper. Oh yeah, I got it really cheap. Guess how much? Uh, three quid. Oh, it was um fifteen, but yeah, it was still a good <laughs> yeah. deal. Um, but no, the the Panthers took fifty three shots on goal and scored one goal. Fucking hell! And for me, oh. that's a bit shit. If you are, of if you are, a less yeah. than two percent shooting percentage. <laughs> that was my anti the Amy. <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't even think. <laughs> winning the cup is uh, Anthony Diemi for a 52 save performance against Florida Panthers last night 52 how can you Mate, have 53 abs- shots absolutely crazy it's bizarre it's, to especially me especially when, uh, when the Canadians shots, only had like, 28 yeah it's bizarre to me having 53 shots at all not just the fact they only scored one having 53 shots I find when teams do that I always think that's fucking hell that's insane you're averaging a shot just over like every minute. That's like there's no power plays or anything. Like it's like you're not defending in his own for like a minute or so. Nope. Just shoot, 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 shoot. I haven't uh, I haven't even watched the highlights of the game, I'll be honest, but I love the idea of that one goal like going in and all the shots just being from like the blue line. Like they just yeah. gain the zone and then just out just wire it from like really low percentage <laughs> shoot shots. Yeah. Oh god. So, so that's it. Out, out you get, Florida, because if you can't score on 53 go- shots, then um, you, you can't score more than one you. on 53 shots. Yeah, on that Indy Emmy as well. Isn't that just the icing on the cake? I know. I read a headline of sports this morning talking about Anthony Amy's redemption. And I was like, fucking hell. <laughs> like, last season, it was a hilarious thing, wasn't it, that he'd played for three teams in a week or something like that. And he was just like, he was really mad. And he had <laughs> like a 7 12 save percentage. <laughs> Yeah, not talking about a redemption story. So, I had starting this week. I did have Flor- uh, Flower building the ice mound before going off. I had that on my Mate. starters. <laughs> it was amazing. It was amazing. I loved it. I just love the sneakiness. Just so, oh, it's beautiful. And uh, I saw someone someone on Reddit say, oh, I'm surprised there isn't a rule for this. And someone dug out of the rule book. There is specifically a rule about you're not allowed to do that and it's a two-minute penalty if you do. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's um. Did, if, he didn't it's, get penalized though, did he? No, I just saw the the ref like skate over, and I'd imagine he was probably having a joke with him, but to say yeah. oh, you can't you can't do that. Um, it's it's lumped in with like leaving a piece of equipment. So like oh, in the same okay. way, you get two minutes if you drop, you know, coincidentally drop your stick as you're skating to the bench. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, or make a snowman. I believe they call it. Okay. Fucking beautiful. Yeah, Pardon me, on the extended little clip this morning that I watched, Fleury was laughing his head off after the ref came over to him. He, had his, he literally had his face in his glove and you could see him shaking like he was laughing so much. Like he just couldn't... Like Gerard go outside, we need you back out there, Flowers. Like, no, I can't, I'm laughing too much. Yeah, I can't, I can't. I like to think as well that if another goal had done it, they would have got a two-minute penalty, but they were friends, oh, it's Flower, it's all right. Uh, <laughs> you cheeky Just scab. wagging the finger at him. Yeah, you cheeky boy. What you like? How many, how many other starters you got then? Uh, I've got a big fat one today, unfortunately. Okay. Well, I'll I'll do uh, I'll do mine then, and then you can do an I'll go. Game of Thrones. Well, we have a date for the start of the new season of Game of Thrones, and I'm very is it, happy. Is it April seventeenth or fourteenth? I couldn't remember. It's fourteenth in the states, and it'll be on here. That it's usually here the day after, so we'll get it April the fifteenth, which is a Monday. Oh God, I now, can't wait. Now, have you watched the trailer for it, Dan? The, yeah, the one with John Arya and Sansa in the. Uh, well, there you go. I I haven't watched it because 
I, I just tend not to for for Game of Thrones. It doesn't give anything. It doesn't give anything. It literally does. Literally does nothing. It's, it's just, no, it's just no, three I'm... locking pensive. That's it. Oh, is that all it is? Oh, yeah, great. But yeah, I and know, it shows I just like it. It shows like a winter fog coming in. So that's in nothing. Yeah, nothing happens. No, oh, is, no, is, no clips of the show. No nothing. Is winter coming? I'd never. I hadn't heard. <sighs> Apparently so. Oh, God, I can't how, wait. How How are you feeling about Game of Thrones now? Are you still are You still as pumped for it as you were in the first series, or? I waned off in. <clears throat> I was close to being out until they had the battle in the snow when the White Walkers first appeared and John killed one of the White Walkers with his sword. That that 15, 20-minute battle, I, I said to Sarah at the time, I said, that's one of the best pieces of television I've ever seen. I, it was Is that the one where, where they're trying to get all the wildlings off the yeah. snowy bit? Yeah, and then at yeah, the end, you've got roses and all that. Yeah, that was... I was nearly out up until that because... And I get it because nothing had really nothing had really happened. There was a lot. They were setting up so much stuff. It was like it's like playing mousetrap. You just go, you're going around like fucking hell. Put the bathtub where? What am I doing? This is stupid. And then you get to the end, you like release a trap, and you're like, oh my god, there's a ball. Oh, he jumped in the tub. Oh, the thing's going down. Oh my god. And it, you know, it's it's just great. At the end, you think, oh, that, okay, that was worth it. And now, like last season, you're starting to say, okay, now now it's getting worse. Now we're getting down to the nitty gritty, and there's only maybe four or five players left. Okay, yeah, now I'm all in. I can't mate, I can't fucking wait, can't wait. I'm looking forward to it, but I just I just want it to be finished now. Like I'm <laughs> You know you know what I mean? you can I have too much of a good thing, Will. I just, but has it really been that good for the last I think it's been Yes. Bit, oh, it's been a bit mediocre really, like Oh, you're mad. I think it's I been know. amazing. I'm just getting a bit bored of it, really. Like, I'm, I'm still fully invested. I want to know what happens, but I know ultimately it's going to be a thoroughly disappointing ending. And like, it's it, it's made a rod for its own back. With the first few series, it was you know all oh my god, Ned Stark's died at the end. That's like crazy. He's the main character. That's mad. And then like someone else dies, and then it's just like I don't know. It's lost. What the, for you then? What for you then would be major. a good ending? What would make you go? Oh my god, that was fucking awesome. Is it Mate, it's, been, wins? it's been so long since the last series I can't even fucking remember what's going on. Like, um Cer- Cersei winning would be good. Like that'd be the Night the Night King winning would like winter stays and they can't <sighs> defeat yeah, the I... They can't defeat the winter. I feel like I had an answer for this question at one point, but I've, I've honestly forgotten. Um <laughs> I th- I, yeah, I'd, I, th- I think Cersei winning would probably be the best. But then any outcome is just Whatever, like the problem is when you build something up for so long, and there's so much going on in, in it. Yeah. It, no matter how it ends, there's just going to be a bit of an anticlimax. It's true. The Shield, Lost, Sopranos, Breaking Bad, all massive anticlimactic. Because what can you actually do? It's a just at the end of the day, it's just a piece of television. Yeah. You can't, that's absolutely it's, it. It's, you know, it's like waiting for it's like waiting for a new album. Like Queens of the Stone Age album was something like three years in the making or something, and people were like, "Is that it?" And I'm like, "What do you expect? It's just a, it's music. You can't <laughs> you can't do anything else." What's the old? Uh, I, I think for for TV series especially, like it's that old saying of it's not a destination, it's the journey you take to get there or whatever. And it's yeah, you'd be you'd be hard pressed to find a, a last episode of anything that's particularly good. I find the same with like endings of films nowadays, like especially like your blockbuster action ones. 
there's nothing that drains me out more than like a 20 minute last fight scene in, at the end of like a superhero film or whatever because it, it just feels like padding because yeah. as soon as you get to the like the old right we're going to face off with Thanos or whatever and then you have just all oh, his just just to use the Avengers as an example here's Captain America Canyons. fighting him here's so and so fighting him There's, it's just I don't know and it's, it's always, I'll go and get the big guy. You take care of the minions. Okay. And then it's 10 minutes of them just killing nameless minions, goon, hired goons. And you're like, oh, for fuck's sake. Because the plot doesn't move forward until that last minute of either defeating the enemy or something else happens. It's just filler. It's just filler. No, I agree. I will much. say, though, I really enjoyed... I, I, you wouldn't have seen it because it was before your time, but I really enjoyed the ending of The Shield and I really enjoyed the ending of The Sopranos. I fucking love both those endings. I thought they were amazing. Um, if anybody's seen either of those, you'll know what they are. So if you've not seen it, there's people who might not, I won't spoil any, but... <clears throat> excuse me. I thought they were both fabulous. So yeah, was The Shield about, um, about SWAT or something like that? Yeah, it's a real life... It's based on a real life division of the LA... Um, a police department called Rampart that was set up to stop these drug gangs. But what they ended up doing was they would stop these drug gangs and then take the drugs and sell them to other gangs. Oh, mate, sick. <laughs> but the show, and it's, I will, I will still say as well, the Shield pilot is the best pilot I've ever seen. It is absolutely phenomenal, and it, that was it. That whole, the the whole the whole six seasons of the Shield you could boil it down to the decisions they made in that first ever episode. And that's why it was so good. Really? And yeah. It's ridiculous. It's so good. It's so good. If you ever get a chance to watch it anywhere, it was on FX and I don't even know where it's on anymore. It's not on Netflix. So I'm not sure where they show it now. But if anyone ever gets a chance to watch The Shield, if you've not seen it, watch The Shield. It's an unbelievable piece of TV. I, I did say as well, I did see Titans on Netflix this week. Which was, you know, Teen Titans, oh, guy, yeah. the cartoon. They've made a real life version with real actors and stuff called Titans, and it was kind of it had been a bit maligned. I'd seen people on Twitter. I thought it was fucking ace. I absolutely loved it. <laughs> so if you get a chance, watch Titans. I thought it was great because it's Robin after he leaves Batman and sort of sets up his own kind of thing. Comes uh, Nightwing. I think you'll find he does. He's on his way to becoming that. He's just he's Oh, so he's still he's still Robin. He's still Robin, but he's but it's dark. There's sex and proper gory violence in it. I'm like, this is weird. I'm watching Robin having it's sex. Not, this is a bit odd. Not boobs in it, is there? There are some boobs in it. And also as well, I have to be quiet because <clears throat> excuse me. I I know we were just talking about Gillette Will and their good message, but I am still a man. <laughs> no, I do find women... I don't want to be involved in what... No, no, let me finish. I feel it's tough sometimes to say I find a woman really attractive. I'm not trying to be creepy about it, but I just, you know, I'm a man and I'm sexually attracted to women. There is a woman in Titans who plays a character called Dove, and I am absolutely in love. She is absolutely gorgeous. (laughs) And the character's really cool, and she has a great story with this guy... And she was really, I was really invested in the character. And I was just like, oh my God, she's beautiful. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful. And I like, I said to Sarah, I said, oh, sorry. Because I said to Sarah, I said, look, if Enrique Iglesias comes round, 
to the house and knocks on the door and says, look, Dan, I've heard your wife's a big fan. Can I take her for the weekend? I'm like, off you go. Just make sure you bring her back, okay? You've got to bring her back. Enrique Iglesias. Dude, she loves Enrique Iglesias. Dude, he's gorgeous. Have you seen him? Like, he's gorgeous. I know, but that is such a blast from the past. Oh, yeah. Oh, she's a huge Enrique. Enrique. I feel um I feel you might have just um dated your wife aged, a little bit there. Aged my wife, yeah. But I said to her, I said, yeah, I said if Enrique Iglesias calls around the house, okay, that's fine. You can go for the weekend. I couldn't live on myself if I said no to her. That'd be so unfair. As long as he brings her back, that's fine. <laughs> but I said, I said, look, I said if this girl who plays Dove turns up, I'm off for the weekend. Just so you know, I, I have to. I'm sorry. <laughs> she's like, she's gorgeous. <laughs> And that's my review of Titans on Netflix. It's very good, people. Go and watch it. It's got, uh, he's not got very good hair for such a famous, good-looking man. Old Enrique. Maybe it's a piece. Mad, maybe, he's, maybe he's going bald. Oh, you heard it here first, folks. Enrique Iglesias. <laughs> bald Breaking as an news. egg. Breaking news on uh, two, two Brits, one plug. He is going bald. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good. Canal. All that from Game of Thrones. What are you, what, what are you starting? Uh, this week I'm starting. <laughs> We're starting too many things, and that's the problem. Um, yeah. I'm going to start uh, a player who you might not have heard of because I hadn't heard of either. Dan. Okay. His name is Pierre Olivier Lacombe. He's a, a player in the QMJHL. Hang on, you mean P- Pierre, Pierre Olivier Lacombe? Yeah, Pierre-Olivier Yeah, P.O.L. Dude, me and P.O.L. go way back. God, mate, you t- well, I'll say no more then. You know what I'm there starting you go. Yeah, go on. He's the first player in league history, and I'd, I'd wager CHL history and potentially hockey history to play for two different teams in the same game. Shut so what happened? up! Yes, mate. Two different teams in the same game. Don't get too excited because there is a bit of a catch. Um, oh. So he, I would hope so. Play for, I would hope. He, yeah. I would hope his team weren't getting beat six 0 after the first period and was like, oh, like "Fuck this!" I'm going. I'll see you in a minute. I'm off. He just goes in the room and gets changed. I'm, t- I'm with you now, guys. Is that all right? Oh yeah, sure. In the in the handshake line, he just like changes jerseys and like, "Hey, we won." <laughs> Which is like the real life version of just doing a save and starting again on Football Manager. I'm not losing. I'm playing that game again. <laughs> you getting spanked ten 0 down the park. You're like, let's go wins and pop one in. Like, yes, yes. and one, and somehow you win. Go on, then. what did it's you just do? Just how life works. So yeah. he uh, he was traded from the Gatineau Olympiques to the uh, Quebec Remparts. Um, this was after a game between the Olympiques and the Remparts was postponed. Uh, being an incredible journalist that I am, I don't know why it was postponed. Uh, so it was, I think it was probably stopped for, if memory serves, it was for like uh, electrical faults in the stadium. Oh, okay. So it was X amount of minutes through the game, and then it had to be the they had to finish the rest of the game at a later date. That later date just so happened to be after. P.O.L. was traded from the Olympics to the Remparts, so he finished the rest of that ah, game okay. as a Rempart. And there you go. That is an amazing... It won't be a pub question in this country, but it, that is an amazing Canadian pub quiz question that will be there. Oh, absolutely. Like um, like how Nathan Horton scored a goal in a game he didn't play in. Yeah. And just all that 
one. I, I thought it was nice. I like I like that. So, mate, you know, good luck in. How did you find that? <clears throat> yeah, I have my ways, mate. I have my ways. They call yeah. me um, Norwich's answer to Elliot Friedman. <laughs> I was going to say, they don't call you the Norfolk Pierre Lebrun for nothing. You're the East Coast Elliot. There you go. Oh, I like that. I like that. E- East like Anglian that. Elliot. East um, Anglian Elliot. You've got another starter, young man. I have, I I have got the one, which was High Bank Distillery. I knew you would have heard about this. Offering Artemi Panarin free oh, yeah. for life if he stayed in Columbus. That's a great move. Great move. You've got to shoot your shot, haven't you? Have you seen the new one as well? No. There's a, new there's, there's a, um, a dentist in Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Offering him uh, free, free dental care for life if he stays. This just shows, right? How much is the... Right, dentists are so fucking expensive. They're so rich, it's ridiculous. Like, like to, they show us how much the Islanders fucked up Tavares last year. Hey, yo, John, if you stay, we'll give you some free bagels, huh? How about that? Oh! Whereas people in Columbus are like, hang on, what are Russians like? They fucking love vodka. Yeah, give him free vodka. Let's not give John Tavares, who's been, like, anti-carb for the past 15 years, free bagels. No. And now a dentist as well. Smart move. They cost a fortune. Mate, dentists are a fucking rip-off. Like, how, how have we got free healthcare in this country? We just have to pay for our fucking dentists. I know. It's such a scam as well. You sit there for two minutes, they look in you gob, they kind of poke around and they go, nah, you're fine. 60 quid. What? And you get you for get what? treated like such a mug at the dentist. Like, he's just oh, poking yeah. around like, oh, you've been drinking a bit of coke, have you there, boy? <laughs> not been uh, not been flossing, have you? <laughs> I, I, I hate the woman who's like, uh, do you brush twice a day? Yes, I brush twice a day. You think I'm fucking four years old? Like, get out of there. <laughs> How fucking dare animal. you? I don't live on the streets. I've got a toothbrush. Shit house. Of course I brush twice a day. Fucking bastard. Uh, that'd be 30 quid, please, mate. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just a, as I sort your daily regime. One, two, two little things off this uh, free vodka deal. Do you think Bobrovsky felt a bit slighted that he wasn't like included on the deal? That's, uh, <laughs> that's why he's been suspended without being suspended. He's, he marched straight into the army's office and was like, well, in Russian... What the fuck is this? Where's yeah. my fucking vodka? Where's my free deal? No one gives a shit about me. No one he comes upset. in, I'd have been swigging, upset. swigging a bottle of Glens from from the bottle, slams it down on his table. He's now become anti-vodka. Anytime he's been interviewed, he's like, uh, Sergey, have you got a bottle of whiskey there? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge whiskey guy, don't you know? Huge whiskey guy. He's just like, always been. While he's been interviewed. <laughs> Where, what are those Scottish berets? Oh, like the, yeah, the tartan, yeah, the tartan yeah. thing, the tartan hat. With all the big old, big old, the big pom pom on the top, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wearing one of those, always been a big Scotch whisky guy. What would it take, Will, if you were Artemi Panarin, and you and you and you've thought, okay, I'm going to go Chicago, I'm going to go New York, Boston, Philly, well, you know, like a big, big city. What would it take for you to stay in Columbus? They say to you, well, what, in terms it. of what, what, what can we give you for free? It can't be something ridiculous like yachts. <laughs> Like, that's to be something. <laughs> a lifestyle supply of yachts. I'll, I'll be honest, Dad. 
it it'd be fucking nothing because like, because if I was in Artemi Federin's shoes I've already got enough money to pay for my dentist bills for life to buy as much vodka as I want for the rest of my life let alone with the money I'm going to get in free agency like, I don't care dude dude I don't care absolutely how much money you've got. you always want free stuff no you always want free stuff I don't care how much money you've got free stuff's always cool free stuff alright alright um, free look at, this way. look at it this way you know when you go on like a little fucking HR day or something and there's like a company and I'll go oh you know you can have this pen you're like oh free pen <laughs> that's just a pen imagine if it was something really good is it is a good one for you what about free parking <gasps> oh my god that's genius free parking Panarin, for life yeah Panarin, Panarin says to the local council I can park anywhere I want and I, and I never get a ticket Shit, that's or, amazing. Or free cabs. Nah, free parking because then you're then you're in control. Yeah, you just park, literally just park on the pavement outside the restaurant. Whatever. Oh <laughs> that'd shit. Be amazing. <laughs> oh, that would be so good. I, f- I feel like you kind of have to to bring him a cup though. If you did that, like imagine, imagine if you invoked <laughs> that right, and then you're like you score like forty five points the next year. <laughs> but meanwhile, you're like you block him, you block him prams from going past, blocking you're blocking, people in like mobility scooters, blocking like ambulances from getting out of the hospital. <laughs> You've parked your home in an ambulance bay. <laughs> you're on a 25 game point drought. <laughs> oh dear! Oh man! Christ! What are we All gonna right. do? I don't know. Um, I think we're gonna do. What are you scratching this week? Uh, I've got a big fat one, and it's yeah, gonna be one. um, it's, it's a juicy one. It's a juicy on, one you for you. Go on. It's another stat for you, Dan. I know you like your numbers. I do. Um, good stat. William Nylander. <laughs> Ooh, this is interesting. Okay, go on. William Nylander had a, started the season late. I don't know if you heard that. Didn't? Um, Did he? Oh, I must, yeah, have missed, he I must have missed that. wasn't wasn't there for for the start of the season. Oh, right. um, I must have been unconscious for six months. Go on. Since returning, yeah, one goal, two assists. In in one game, yeah, in his first game back, right. Uh, in however many games he has played since his return. Oh, all right, okay. Not quite what they were expecting, but that's that's. I mean, that's not great. But you know, you've got to, you've got to warm yourself up. Um, yeah, <laughs> just warming up. <laughs> just warming up. Just, just getting the gear. Just you know, just working out <laughs> the kinks. Um, Yaroslav Halak. Uh, no goals, three assists for for three points. <laughs> oh, fabulous! Isn't that just beautiful? What a time I to be alive! I love that. Was like your there. your Lucic stat earlier on that I love that he's already scored more goals than Matthews and Line combined this year. Mate, <laughs> like, I, and, and people are jumping on me, Lando, because he's not doing that well so far. And like, of course, it was going to happen. Of course, yeah. it was. Gonna... He's been sitting in Sweden for six months eating smoked fish. Like, what? <laughs> what do you expect him? Look at those chubby cheeks. Like, I know. That's not a hockey player. That's like a Scandinavian Augustus Gloop. <laughs> Shout out to Augustus Gloop. Fucking reference there. Jesus. Oh, God. So Have you a scratch? Can I just oh, take on. us on an absolute tangent? Go on. As we, uh, as we mentioned Augustus Gloop. Have I said to you about... Um, are you familiar with the film Snowpiercer? No. 
Okay, neither am I, but I am now. Um, I've gone quite into um, proper Ponzi YouTube videos. Have you heard of Folding Ideas, the channel? I have. Excellent. I've really gotten into his his uh, his videos. For, for anyone who doesn't know, it's, um, it's a guy who just sort of breaks down films and stuff and, and talks about them on, on a variety of different levels in words that I don't really understand, but it makes me feel smart for watching them. Um, yeah. But a recommended video offside of it was, is Snowpiercer a sequel to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory or Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the 70s version with Gene Hackman and whoever that blonde kid is? Um, Snowpiercer, Dan. Wait, no, <laughs> very, it, very... It, wasn't Gene, it wasn't Gene Hackman. Gene Wilder. Uh, Who's Gene Hackman? Is Gene Hackman the WWE one? The WWE one? No. Who's, no, that's Gene, Mean Gene, something. That's Oh, that's Mean Gene. Anyway, Gene, Gene Wilder. Ooh, bad guy, Gene. Gene. Sorry, go on. Gene Wilder, yes. Uh, Gene Wilder, yeah. Um, Snowpiercer. So Snowpiercer is... I haven't seen it, so I might explain it very badly. Um, it is a film about like humanity lives on a train because it's like post-apocalyptic there's snow everywhere like uh, i think someone tried to reverse global warming but in in turn just brought around a new ice age or whatever yeah and let me guess there were disastrous consequences and naturally naturally disastrous consequences yeah. so now humanity lives on a train you got poor folk living in the back rich folk living in you know lavish opulence up front and okay. um Chris uh, Evans, oh, Captain yeah. America, not the not the ginger one. He uh, he's basically Neo of the train. Okay, and he marches forward, killing people. <laughs> I won't ruin, I won't ruin the end, which this video does. Um, but basically, it was it was just going through comparing all these different things in Snowpiercer to Woody Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, and it. I haven't seen the film, but it really lined up and it made a really good argument for look, the Charlie from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is the person who designed this train and etc. etc. Check this video video out, Dan. I think it's on Rhino something. I forget the channel, but it's absolutely incredible. It's just one of those ones that I, I can't deny it now. Now that I've seen this video, like it absolutely is just a, a sequel to, to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And this is a I will absolutely that... check it out because there's a as a as a film studies A level holder, I am always interested in things like that. Oh, that's wacky, a that's a coincidence, wacky. Dan. I'm a film studies AS level holder as well. No way. There we go. Would you would you look wow. at that? What a, what like a time to be alive. What a time. <laughs> God, our Match.com accounts have really worked. Brought <laughs> <laughs> us together beautifully. Um, yeah. So with you mentioning, for your scratch, something to do with the Leafs, I'm also going to mention something to do with the Leafs. Excellent. Who, at the moment, let's be honest, are having a bit of a... They're on a bit of a downtrend and a bit of a rough turn. They'll, they'll turn it around because there's... The old adage is, they're, they're too good not to. But Jake Gardner got booed against the Avalanche the other night. He did. And <clears throat> he has been the target of the, uh, the Leafs fans' annoyance. Should we say probably? I mean, coming off for sure the game seven last year, when which was definitely his low point, and he had a he had an absolute mare. That was that was beautiful, though, wasn't it? Where he fell over on that Jake Brosco. 
Oh God, <clears throat> it was it was wrong on all ends. Like played him outside, let him get round him. Oh, it, it, just yeah, bad, bad, bad. Anyway. I am. I I routinely see that play uh, when I have wet dreams. <laughs> I thought you were going to say if you were def- when you were defending in roller. <laughs> guys, guys, you're just burning basket. <laughs> oh, fuck. So come on, we've got, we'll got, we'll got gardened again. Oh, shit. There's a, there's a reason I don't play D, Dan, and that is absolutely it. There you go. I'm, a, I'm more Jake, of a, a Wayne Simmons without any of the intimidation or goal-scoring prowess, for, uh, for those who wanted to know. Well, there you go. I think... So he's interviewed and he's in, he's talking about what happened during the game, and he says, "Well, you know, these are these fans can do these things. They can boo because they're they're passionate fans. We've got to stop the saying fans are passionate. Okay, just say crazy. They're crazy people. <laughs> I, I've never in my life. I've been to lot. I, I I we talked about last week. You said about your father-in-law. I think your your father or you or brother or brother-in-law or something like that but you said they're just fans of sports they'll watch any sport if it's on and it's kind of caught their interest for five seconds i'm the same i've been to loads of sporting events i've been to rugby union league i've been to like like not wimbledon but minor tennis things local football games nfl games everything i'll go to anything sunday league kabaddi (laughs) yeah sunday league kabaddi maybe not on a sunday but I've never once felt the urge to go boo like that. I'm not at a pantomime. I'm not watching a silent movie villain. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't feel the need to boo. If you go to a sporting event and you're booing, just have a word with yourself, you mental person. I find it bizarre. Will, are you a booer? See, in, in the right situation, I, I have been a booer, but would you? You have not been a booer. <laughs> No, but in I wouldn't boo my own bloody team. I'll tell you that. I'd boo Brad Marshand if he was being Brad Marshand, which is an appropriate use of, of booing because that Dan is the sporting equivalent of a pantomime, which is the only you know appropriate application of a boo. When did you boo? I need to know when you booed. I can judge your boo. <sighs> you're gonna you're gonna love this. You're gonna love this. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, go on. At the Dynamos. At the Dynamos. Yeah. Victor Dynamos. Yeah, uh, greatest hockey team to ever play the game. Uh, there was a player who, when I when I was at, got, you know, started going to games. He was playing for the White Link Raiders, R.I.P. The White Link Raiders. Uh, he's a player called Jeremy Cornish. Okay, uh, he is absolute scum. He's basically, he'd, and he was just being a goon. He was just being a big old goon, um, trying to start fights with uh, players he had no business fighting. Uh, just because he was twice their size, um, and yeah, he was just gooning about, so he got a boo and and then some. I don't mind the and then some. I'm I'm happy for the and then some, but I just booing, boo. It's so stupid. When I do that, it's it's ridiculous, isn't it? It is ridiculous. A single boo on its own is the work of an insane person. But if you've got boo. five thousand people doing it with you, it seems to be okay. Can you imagine just doing something and you see someone in the street and you go, boo, like that? <laughs> they're like, the fuck are you doing? Yeah, but what if, what if they're being a villain? What if they're like, yeah. Villain is the only thing that's what, worth in a si- Yeah, we're now living in a silent movie world, are we? Someone's got my wife tied to a train track and I have to go, boo. 
No, but but in in a in a crowd of however many, like how else are you gonna collectively convey your your anger of that towards that bit, your ire towards that villain? I tell you what you do, Will. You do what Philadelphia Flyers fans do. You find something <laughs> and throw those things onto the ice. Beer like cans, a, wristbands to commemorate your dead owner. Anything a charity key ring. Yeah, anything you can get your hands on. Chuck it onto the ice and hopefully you hit the player. That's how you do it. <laughs> or you swear I, a lot. I really can't wait until we hit peak flyers and they start throwing poppies on the ice. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> God almighty. <laughs> it's going to happen one day. It is going to happen. It's going to happen one day. <laughs> Christ. <clears throat> <laughs> All right, let's move on then. You did mention, we mentioned Sergei Bobrovsky already. What Yarmo Kakalainen said, I've got the quote here somewhere. He failed to meet the team's expectations and values. And I thought, fucking hell. Like, he must have done something crazy. He must have done something insane. I don't know. I was thinking maybe drunk driving or they'd found something during the game. He'd been, I don't know, taking drugs or... He had bottles like bottles of like say bottles of whiskey in his locker. <laughs> I was going to say, is that a bottle of cleanse that he had while he was <laughs> he's parading a bottle of in his locker during in, in, in intermission? He's just supping on it. <laughs> I, don't, and Bobrovsky... I don't know if there's anything to. Sorry yeah, to then, Bob... cut you off. Bobrovsky says, "Oh well, you know, I let my emotions get the best of me, and I've apologised. And it won't happen again." I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, what did he do? Then I'm thinking he's got into a, a fucking shouting match with Torch or something. You know, he's fucking called Torch a, a, you know, a flag-waving piece of shit or something. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? And it just turns out he had a shower and got changed. And that was it. <laughs> and I was like, for fuck's sake. Wait, is, is, it, is, that what, is that what happened? Yeah, he got pulled. They were 4-0 down. Oh, I can't remember who against now. They were 4-0 down against somebody. He got pulled. And instead of sitting on the bench, he went straight to the locker room, had a shower, got changed, and obviously was therefore unavailable to come back out in case. So he was just, and then just sat in the locker room, fully like, changed into his street clothes. And that was it. Fucking sport. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, all that having hala, a shower, all that, all having that a shower and getting changed, <laughs> having a shower and getting changed, failed to meet the team's expectations and values. That's immoral, is that? Like, to oh, tell you. Mate. I, I, I genuinely thought it was he'd had a massive fallout with Torts. Yeah. Torts had called him a red. Like. Um, <laughs> you fucking carmy. You fucking carmy. Yeah, fucking Ruski. Bobowski swings at him. Torts has to duck. Like, stumbles back into a bin full of dirty clothes. It's like, oh shit. <laughs> Fuck off back behind the wall, you fucking carmy. Um, <laughs> oh, mate. Mate. I know. Isn't that ridiculous? Oh, it's just fucking boring. But, but, alright, but, is this just a spin zone? And this isn't what really happened. Oh, well, you think something else happened and they're just saying, oh yeah, that was all it was. And maybe something else happened. And maybe it was something. See, I, and, I think it... and they're thinking, oh shit, if we do this, maybe he'll stay. If if we spin it so he doesn't look as bad as it really was, then maybe maybe he'll decide to stay at the end of the season. No, but I think if if that's the if that's the game plan, then they wouldn't have suspended him at all. Or they'd have yeah, just. Yeah, but you said, never know. Like, you never know who's seen something, or someone might say something, or 
if it was something else, maybe against... Oh God, I don't know. This is literally right now off the top of my head in the last five seconds. <clears throat> Someone who sells concessions or something for some reason did something and Bobrovsky lost his shit in a mission of... I don't know how. I don't even know how that's possible. Or a kit guy or something. And someone says, I want him fucking suspended. And they've said, okay, we'll suspend him. But we've, for the good of the team, because it's hockey, but we're not going to say, this is what happened. We'll just say he had a shower and got changed. And they say, okay, that's fine. Because I don't want to hurt the team, obviously. Because everyone involved in the hockey team is a big hockey person. So, And then I was there. My conspiracy theory mind went into overdrive. One of those um, really distracting people wearing high-vis t-shirts selling popcorn in the middle of the game. <laughs> <laughs> it's just got up to their like weird tray attached on the harness and just slapped all the popcorn out. <laughs> just slapped it up into his face. And pow! Like that. <laughs> a pox on you in your house, sir. But then I, I thought... Oh, sorry, go on. I was, I was just going to say, I, think, I don't think... If there is anything apart from him having a shower, um, <laughs> it wouldn't have been criminal. If it was anything criminal, we'd have known. It, it had gone out. If it was something criminal like drink driving or getting into a fight or, I don't know, being part of a 23-man cocaine ring, um, it would have gone yeah. out in the, in the press. So I don't think it's anything that extreme. Oh, no, yeah. And, and hockey is such a stupid, petty little sport that I thoroughly believe that it is just... He had a shower and didn't stay on the bench when he knew he wasn't going to be put back <laughs> yeah. into the game. Like they're going to bring him back in. Imagine After. if they had to use their uh, emergency backup just because <laughs> Bob's back in his suit. He just walks out to the bench in his street clothes and gives flicks on the V's and then walks back to the locker room. Like, fuck off. I'm not coming back. We'll go now. Going on enough. It's got me a bottle of whiskey. I'm done. <laughs> See you later, shitlords. <laughs> yeah, got, oh, forgot this. Oh, yeah. Grabs a bottle of Benfidic. Ah, <laughs> oh, mate. Say, so, for example, this is true. Is this the actions of somebody who's like, that's it, I'm fucking leaving in the, the season anyway, I don't care. Do you think they've already told him, we're going with, we're going with Corpus Allo. sorry, you're not going to be re-signed, so he's like, well, why the fuck would I carry on playing then? I'm just going to have a the, These are the actions of someone who already thought, fuck this place, I'm fucking gone. Like, yeah. I've, I've had enough of this. Like, this is this is uh, the act of, it's like when you know you're going to leave a job, or like, yeah, you're on, you're on notice at your job. Yeah, you check out. Whatever. Who cares? I'll just do what I want now. What are they going to do? Sack me. I'm not coming back here. I don't even get free yachts. This is bullshit. It's absolutely <laughs> fucking bullshit. I have to pay for my bloody dental checkups here. It's bullshit. <laughs> I parked outside the hospital the other day and got a ticket. What the hell is that? I'm not happy. I'm so, so excited. Because I feel like this whole Panarin and Bobrovsky thing isn't getting anywhere near enough press. Especially as it thoroughly looks like the Columbus are doing a double Islanders next year, and quite frankly, especially after how the Islanders are doing this year, they're going to be they're going to lose twice as many star players, and they're going to be twice as bad next year. I guess they're being overshadowed, aren't they? Because everything's going to be about Marner and Matthews, isn't it? And no one's really there. Well, when they get ones, when they people. both get officiated by Arizona. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, I know you. Hey, no, I know what you mean. Panarin said, didn't he? I wanted it. You know, it's it's. We've got till this date to get things sorted out, and that's it. And it's not been sorted, so it's gonna. We're going to the end of the season. You think like this time last year you couldn't breathe for an article about Tavares 
Especially this true. late in the game, like it's it's um it's January. It's two thousand nineteen, Dan. I know, halfway through January already. Right. Trade deadline's Doesn't. coming up though. Trade deadline's coming up. Oh here's a question then. Here's a question. Do either of them get moved at the deadline? Nah, definitely not. Definitely no. not. Yeah, I don't think so either. No. I fucking, I fucking love Panera now. I think he's awesome. Well, as a player or a person? As a vodka drinker. I think he's a... <laughs> <laughs> he's fabulous. No, as a, as a player. I love watching, him, I love watching Panera and play. I think he's absolutely fabulous. I, he's one of the few players I would happily have on my team immediately that I would just think, yeah... God, he's just so smooth and silky and yeah, great. Absolutely great. I do sort of want to see him go back to Chicago as much as I hate Chicago, but just that chemistry he had with Patty Kane was something else. I don't know. I always feel a bit cheated when players go back. I always get excited when players go to new... Like, Tavares with, with the Leafs. That's kind of... Yeah, I like it. It's interesting. It's different. Yeah, I, I, see I know what you mean. Just go and do the same thing. Panarin in a... Um... In a Rangers jersey. Yeah. Well, it's all down to Panarin's missus, apparently, isn't it? She wants to be somewhere where there's a, a big city and a good kind of chance of her to get something. Was it modelling or something like that she does? Or something so, like that, wasn't it? And that was the rumour was that he, it was his missus that wanted to be in a big city so she could pursue bigger things. It's not very Gillette of you to say there, Dad. <laughs> it's very Gillette. His woman's, his wife's making the decisions. I'm the most Gillette. <laughs> I can know. I'll tell you why I'm the most Gillette. My wife earns like four times as much as I do. So there you go. God, mate. <laughs> not even joking. You're, f- you're forcing joking. her into work <laughs> to, uh, to earn the money to provide for you. Yeah. I'm just a, I'm just a house husband. I just sit around all day. Like a lazy Cheetos. slob. Eating Cheetos playing NHL while she's out grinding. <laughs> That's the... <laughs> That's how you get through so many seasons at HL, you just don't work. It's true, yeah. Wife's like, what'd you do today? I'm like, oh my god, I'm the first overall pick. Can you believe it? She just growls at me. Oh, fucking god. dick. This week, Rick Nash has had to retire. Nothing, I'd say nothing groundbreaking or astonishing here. Because obviously the news came out that he was sort of dealing with concussion symptoms and he wanted to take time. I do remember the game he went off as well with, with the Bruins, and I this might I, this might be just my brain doing that retrospective thing where I think I, I I think I thought I saw different, but when he came back, he definitely looked a different player. I I truly believe he looked like there was, I'm sure I am positive I said it on this show that he looked like he just didn't seem right or he wasn't playing as well as I'd seen him because the first few games I thought he was awesome. He had a ridiculous goal, like a goal line save where he sort of dived in like the first 10 seconds of a game or something like that. He'd scored a couple, was making some nice plays. He'd kind of already developed a bit of a thing with Krejci on that second line. And then he just went off one game and came back and just looked weird. Didn't look right. So, and give him credit. Give him credit for thinking of his health and his family. Because I think there was a time where, <clears throat> excuse me, if this was maybe 10 years ago, Rick Nash would have just come back and played anyway and not cared. And I think it's probably a good thing now that players are really thinking about what decisions they've got to make and about their future. It's uh, it's not the word I want to use, but power to him for admitting defeat sort of thing or, or at least yeah, yeah. that's the end. Because like, you know, he's not lost anything. He's not any weaker for doing so. But like, yeah, 
great, fantastic career in his heyday. He was a hell of a player. Just now he's got to focus on actually living his life. You know, yeah. this silly little game that we all waste so much time on. Like your uh, your your physical and mental health isn't worth uh, worth sacrificing for another couple of years of it. So no, good on, on his day, an absolute. On his day, an absolute oh, monster as well. Well, I was like to. Uh, Oh, I was just going to say, talking to a friend of the show, Joe, a uh, big Rangers fan. And, oh, yeah. Um, Shout out to Joe. Big up, Joe. Um, yeah. Just having a nice little retrospective about Rick Nash and all the, all the times he had for the Rangers. And, yeah. A shame. See, he was, he was something else. Something else. He was built. He was one of those players that you say, well, if you're going to build a hockey player from the ground up. And he was like that. 6'4", like 15 and a half stone. Fucking giant, man. Absolutely huge. We barrel through players, but then I'd, there's that goal he scored from the Blue Jackets, isn't there? Like he dekes around two players and takes it around the goalie and just fires it in. It's like, oh my god! Like how can he handle the how can he handle the puck at that size? But yeah, good on him. Good on him for making the decision. I applaud you, Rick Nash, for doing the right thing and being sensible. Hopefully, um, he has that sort of um, post-playing career. You know, welcome back into the fold with the Blue Jackets because it didn't end that well where he you know, wanted to trade out and stuff like that and yeah. there's a lot of sort of animosity there but hopefully now that he's retired they can turn well, he came back after the good times his, they had um, he came back after his announcement and, and did the puck drop in the first game back oh after yeah of course and that's it so <clears throat> I would hope that that's that to me says that yeah it's time heals all wounds as they say Will that it does that it does a wound that was healed very quickly was Nathan McKinnon and Jared Bednar. Would you be annoyed, Will, if Tyler Sagan was sat on the bench and got into a shouting match with Mr. Montgomery? Or would you think, good, I'm glad the players have got some fight in them? I, I don't think I'd really take too much Might notice of it. Like, yeah, like, yeah. I, to an extent... <laughs> I could, it's I could boys being boys, Will. <laughs> boys will be boys, Dan. As you know, boys, boys will be boys. Boys will be boys. Will be boys, will be boys. Like, w- within reason, I could give a fuck what relationship my coach has with my players, how my players react to them, or the, the organisation as a whole. To an extent, you know, within morality, sort of uh, boundaries, their conduct off, off the ice couldn't care less. It's nice when pe- when players are good people, and it makes you want to root for them. But if a, if a player's, you know, it, the results on the ice are the important thing for me as a fan sort of thing. Because yeah. there are plenty of nice players out there that you can enjoy and, and cheer for. But frankly, the players aren't interesting enough to warrant that sort of thing anyway. So if yeah. if Sagan turns around and shouting at Montgomery, whatever, whatever, it's just... If it... I'd, I'd probably quite like it to be honest because it's quite interesting. Like it's, it's someone showing a bit of emotion for once. I like how on the broadcasts of them showing the clips, you can clearly see McKinnon mouth do your fucking job, and the other reporters went. And as you can see here, he tells him to do his job. I'm like, why? It's not what he said, is it? <laughs> mm. He said a very bad word to his, coach, to his coach. Missing a key bit there, Pierre. Yeah. Sorry, mate. Do you know what it was about? No, no, not at all. Uh, okay, so. McKinnon said to Bednar, you should have pulled the goalie earlier. And Bednar oh. said, you just do your job. And then it's off to McKinnon, then, well, you do your fucking job. <laughs> and then he fell off the bench, which was not a great look. Which you know. uh, Yeah, a little bit embarrassing for him. Yeah, that was the worst uh, bit. 
<laughs> I would have been, I'd have been more annoyed about that bit than anything else. <clears throat> I was, that was almost like um, you're squaring up to someone in the playground and you do that whole jerking your head forward really, really quickly just to, like, <clears throat> to psych them out a bit. But you do that and you sort of go a bit too far forward and you like slip a bit. And you just sort of come out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Sorry. Speaking of the stars, Will. I'd rather we not. We had an, an amazing, an amazing quote. After an unamazing trade involving Devin Shaw and Andrew Cogliano. Which, I, as a trade, I mean, I don't know how you feel because I don't, obviously I don't watch Devin Shaw that much. But as a trade, I, I don't hate that trade. I think it's two teams who are looking to mix things up a bit. So, okay, we'll just do a straight swap and see if that can lead to something. Which is fine. But, as we all know, I am Mr. Intangibles, as is my name on Twitter. As After Will called me that on this show, I have adopted that moniker. I love grit. I love being a good guy in the room. Jason Spetzer said, and I quote of Andrew Cogliano, he's fast, competitive, he's a great special teams guy, and he'll speak his mind when he has to. That means, Will, he's great in the room. Let me continue the quote. He's a guy that brings lots of intangibles. Ah, beautiful. This quote is so good it should be fattening. That's all I can say. It's fabulous. Do you think he brings intangibles, Will? Um, I I couldn't say because I'm not in the room, Dan. And um, <laughs> it's it's hard to hard to know what sort of intangibles that Mister Cogniano brings because I'm not in his aura, and um, that's not affected by those intangibles, which are, as the name suggests, intangible and unquantifiable. Um, the trade is yeah, like. I like Andrew Cogliano, I really do. I, I really like him as a player. Or I, I really liked him. Um I worry that Father Time's catching up with him a little bit. Devin Shaw as a player has been fine. He's perfectly fine. Like he's he's not a bad AHL player, but I wouldn't say he's a good AHL player, if you know what I mean. Yeah yeah. He'll get he'll get you thirty odd points, he can play centre or wing. More useful than a lot of players, but not. Um I was, he was touted as being the next big thing because he had some really good scoring numbers in the AHL. Um, not the next big thing, but you know he could have been a good second line player, sort of thing. Hasn't quite worked out that way. He's a fine player who hasn't developed into a fine player, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, no real loss. Funnily enough, mentioning the old intangibles, Devin Shaw was genuinely a fantastic guy off the ice but by all accounts you know always full of positivity you know doing lots of charity and stuff like that so so I think in that respect he'll be a loss for the franchise but yeah we'll see my my issue with the trade is is again an intangible one not intangible but it's off ice change shit now um sure is RFA at the end of next season and he's making two point four million at the moment. Um Cogdiano's earning three point one and he's the UFA after two years. And he's like seven years older than Devin Shaw is, so Yeah. I don't I don't really like that, but it's not gonna it it wouldn't be a problem, Dan, if we didn't have players like Blake Como signed for another two years as well. <laughs> or Martin Hansel. Players of hey, that dude, you're, in a, you're in a playoff spot. Can't be that bad at the moment. But it is. That's that's the thing. That's why this is the worst. 
season in hockey history because a team as poorly constructed as the Dallas Stars is still in this playoff spot. It's just... Uh, do you, do you think honestly, Jason Spezza has any idea how good Andrew Cogliano is? Did they? Didn't they play together? I was trying to remember this. Like, did they? I've no I'm actually going to use the uh, the power of Google. I have a feeling that he played in Ottawa. Cogliano, oh, that is. Maybe yes, of course, of course. I think he did because I know he's he's ex Edmonton. But did he play? No, he didn't play for Ottawa. He didn't. I'm just making that up. So there we but go. But it's so believable <laughs> that you made it um, up. That's that's how believable it is. Have this is it. That's how accurate my uh, my invention. <sighs> I couldn't tell you. Let me have a little. I probably could tell you if I um, searched a bit better. What about his yeah. Okay. I'm looking team? at Jason Spe. Looking at Jason Spe. Yeah. Did they even play? On a, what's I mean? Did they even play juniors together or? Nah, absolutely not. Because <laughs> Cogliano is like four years younger than Spezza. Oh, there you um, go, yeah. What about... Yeah, no, nah, I've got nothing for you. I've got nothing for you, but... um, that was why, So this is why I was asking. Do you not think it would have been better for Jason Spezza to say, to be fair, I've got no idea what he's like. I've, I've, I've watched him a couple of times. He seems good. I don't know. We'll see how he fits in. <laughs> Rather than saying, well, he brings lots of intangibles. He's got plenty of grit. He's good in the room. Or, just... or even even yeah, just know. say the generic thing that everyone knows of, oh, he's fast. It'll be good <laughs> to inject some speed in the lineup. Like, Yeah. Very odd. Just, just people, people, just people love intangibles. Do people love intangibles? I am Mr. Intangibles. I love intangibles. I can't get enough of them. Speaking of intangibles, Will, Jesus. This oh, is here we go. Here we go. Always up. Did you see Snoop Dogg doing commentary? the Kings. Hockey one-on-one with yep. Snoop Dogg, yep. man. Shout out to the commissioner, man, for thinking about me and, you know, putting me in a position to, to try to help promote hockey and show people that hockey is a cool sport. That Stanley Cup stuff's neat, isn't it? It I mean, is, that's, man. That's like, it's amazing. We had a chance twice, and it's just, I mean, well. Yeah, we had to see these rings right here. Oh, yeah. We, 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 we <laughs> had a chance. We'll get a look at we that. We had a chance twice to bring home that cup. And I've drunk out of Stanley before. Say that ain't so. <laughs> yeah. oh, <there laughs> yes, sir. Get there. Get there. Good shot. Good shot. Oh, give me that. Here we go. Give me that. Here we Possibly go. Turn it around. Push it, push it. Run the weave. Run the weave. Come on now. Give yeah. me that. Dowdy holds it in. Give me that. Give me that assist right there. Give me the assist. Give it to him. Right there. Oh, come oh. on. Close. He set you up perfect. There'll be trouble. It's a penalty. Uh-uh, uh-uh. That's a penalty right there. Yeah. Hands up. Oh, watch oh. out. Oh, he stole on him. He fired on Cubs. Hold on now. Oh, get it cracking then. Let's go. Snoop Dogg in the house. Let me see some. I, I, I most certainly did. I most certainly did see. I thought he was amazing. It's very odd, wasn't it? It's very odd. But it's good, though. It's good. This is what you need. You need somebody like Snoop Dogg, who is, I mean, legitimately, one of the coolest dudes fucking ever. Like, just dripping with confidence and coolness and, I don't know, just the way he talks and... When he's doing the commentary, and he didn't try to know everything, he was asking questions. He was he's very he was interested. I thought, wow, you're doing you're doing a great job. Get him fucking between the glass with Pierre for fuck's sake. I love that bit where he's like, who's who's that? Who's our who's our number twenty? No, oh, who's who's our number twenty? Who's that? Yeah, yeah. There's Dion. Yeah, go on, Dion. Get it, Dion. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. He's like, get him, Dion. Get him. 
Get him. He was great. I thought he was great. Did you see and he went into the... Go on. I was just saying he's like the highest profile name to be associated with the NHL for a very long time. I know. That, but that, that is how you're going to grow the game, though. And what, what, that is one of the ways how you're going to grow the game. Get somebody in. They do it in American football. And they do it in baseball all the time. All the time. Oh, we're joined here for a couple of innings by Jerry Seinfeld. Jerry, how are you doing? Hey, guys, how's it going? Then, then you talk about a show that's coming up or a fucking a special or a music video or a CD or fucking whatever. Yeah, just get Snoop Dogg in there. Get him doing some shit. He was great. And then he went to the King's locker room afterwards and he said, he said, guys, we're going to get a stripper pole and a DJ in the locker room. We're going to change in some shit around here. <laughs> I was like, fucking hell. Even after he claimed to have bought the team. Yeah, I'm going to put a stripper pole on that fucking logo in the middle of the room. No one can step on it, but fucking Crystal can. <laughs> no, she can't step on it. She has to like spin seductively around above it. Just to spin around the logo, but she can't stand on it. Don't touch it. That's great. That's what you need. If there's any, if there's ever anybody famous at a hockey game, just go down and say to them, "Do you want to come do some commentary for ten minutes?" And just see, because they try to get rid of. They, they were saying to Snoop, they said, "Okay, well, Snoop Dogg, cheers for coming. It's been great." And he goes, "Hang on, we got power play." And they're like, "Yeah." He's like, "I'm staying then." And they went, "Okay then." And he just stayed for like another two and a half, three minutes. And like, who great. who are these middle aged white hockey men? To like turn Snoop Dogg and be like, nah, you're you're getting out of this, Snoop. Like, yeah. The producer's Jesus. in his ear going, get rid of him, get rid of him, get rid of him. Probably some 60-year-old fucking dude from Ohio or something. Get rid of him. Like, and Snoop's like, nope, I'm not going anywhere. I thought he was great. I thought he was absolutely excellent. I think the, uh, the beauty of it is this is, Dan, not the first time that Snoop Doggy Dog has been associated with an NHL team. It's not, Will, you're right. And you messaged me specifically to put a clip in of him with another team, which I'm going to put in right here now. Do it, but to do it. Go, Mighty Ducks. Go, 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 go. All right, by the way. So you've just heard it. And, Will, you, you, you apparently love this clip. I, I, I do, I do, because everyone's fallen over themselves. Like, oh, my God, Snoop Dogg, the Kings. He's, um, I feel like, just on a slight tangent, I feel like I can't say Snoop Dogg. Like, I'm too white to say Snoop Dogg, and it sounds right. Snoop Dogg. <laughs> no, Mr. you overemphasized that. Dog. You emphasized it then. You did too much. You literally went, <laughs> but, you pronounced both Gs. You went Snoop Dogg. <laughs> like that but that, that's, that's what it feels like I'm doing every time I say Snoop Dogg. <laughs> it's, it's not, especially with Snoop Dogg so smooth. Like, he's, he's the epitome of smooth. Yeah. You can't say Snoop Dogg properly if you're, uh, if you're white in English. But, um, Everyone's fallen over themselves because uh, Snoop Lion has been associated with the Kings, and and yeah, we've got we've got as you've just heard, audio and video evidence of his love for the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. Yeah, it's just beautiful. It's just beautiful. They did say though in the commentary, didn't they? They did say something like, "This is the first time you've talked about hockey," and they said, "But we're not going to talk about that." And Snoop said, "Oh, did said they?" Yeah, he he said. He said, yeah, guys, he's a boy. it's like a dog. He said, sometimes your dog will go wandering, but he always comes home. And he just played it off perfectly. I was like, oh, my God, even that, even that. He just, he made it sound like, of course I went to see Anaheim. It's fine, but I'm back home now. And he's, going, he's just going, yeah, baby, it's cool, baby. I'm like, oh, my God, it's awesome. Yeah, he play, dude, he played it perfectly. I want, uh, I want Snoop to be the next commissioner. That's, that's what I want out of life. God, yeah. 
He yeah, he mentioned Batman as well. He said thanks. He said something like thanks to the commissioner for you know inviting me along and letting me do this kind of thing. Like, fucking hell, weird bedfellows indeed. Fucking Gary Batman and Snoop Dogg. <laughs> the fuck. <laughs> I feel, I feel like Snoop only said that because that's a fucking gangster word to say if you can say it properly, the commissioner. That's proper, like... That's proper powerful word, isn't it? Like, As he, yeah, so Snoop met, Snoop's meet, like, met Batman. He's like, hey, hey, man, what do you do? He's like, well, I'm the commissioner. He's like, commissioner? That could be my next rap star. That sounds like a great name. So watch out. 2020, the commissioner's going to be huge. The new rap star, signed by Snoop Dogg. I feel like we need to stop talking about Snoop Dogg before we uh, get any whiter, to be honest. It's a fair point. God, we're so white. It's embarrassing, isn't it? It's a bit much, really, sometimes. Sometimes I can look in the mirror and just think, you're a fucking embarrassment. (laughs) Well, yeah, of course. I want to shout out one player this week. Not on the smooth recap, not on a starting thing. As I go all Gillette again, for fuck's sake! <laughs> this is it. See, this is it. It's in. It's, it's like deep in my. I can't. I'm trying to. I have to try and get rid of it somewhere. But Connor Garland of the Coyotes scores by taking a puck to the face. <laughs> he then, he then goes and gets fixed. While he's still bleeding, during the second intermission, he's answering questions for an interview, and then goes and scores the game winner. Didn't he what like take a high stick or something before that as well? Like something else. <laughs> Did happened he? I didn't to know him. that. I don't, I don't yeah. know if he took a. There was something happened. Then he came back and then took the putt to the face. Like Jesus, and it fucking bounces off his face as well and goes in. It wasn't like a. Wasn't like a slice. It like literally a clunk and then in. <laughs> Changes direction. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to you though, Connor Garland. See, now I feel bad. Now I feel bad saying that's. I wanted to say that. That's that's a man right there. And I feel bad saying that. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, and, and so you should. That's like that's yeah. just a brave person, Dan, is, is what D- that is. Yes. Thank you. We can all learn and we can all get better. Ladies can take pucks to the face too. And I'm sure there are plenty of plenty of women out there who have and, and oh, will dude. continue to do so. Fuck, fucking hell, dude. When it comes to like pain and physical injury, women are way tougher than men. That's not even that's not even a question. Do you know what? In that Gillette advert if it was two women fighting in that garden, the men would have been like, there's no fucking way I'm going near that. <laughs> like, you can fuck off. Don't kill me. <laughs> Dude. Oh, having, seen, having seen a couple of women's fights in my time, it is terrifying. Terrifying. Ruthless. Oh, yeah. There's no quit either. Usually when two guys... I've seen... God, I've seen plenty of guys fight due to me being a fucking idiot back in the day. But usually one guy will just hit a knockout punch in the first two or three swings and that's it. One guy goes down, it's over. But women don't have that power to do that. So it just goes, that's like like 10 minutes of just swinging and hair pulling and scratching. It's like, Jesus Christ, these girls are going to kill each other. It's not like there's no way I'm getting involved in this. Not a chance. Oh no, women are way tougher than men. Well, all-star jerseys are here and they are slightly different this time. Are you a fan of wearing plastic from the ocean? Uh, I am because it makes it easier to flash people when you're wearing a bin bag. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, those black judges look like bin bags, don't they? I just realised. It's it's a really good it's it's a good idea. Like I love I love the whole yeah it's meant to be eco friendly and all that and and I understand that that's I say I understand 
I have assumed, potentially incorrectly, that their bland design is because they're trying to keep costs down and subsequently the carbon footprint down of producing these jerseys. Okay. But the jerseys themselves are fucking shit, aren't they? Okay, do you know what's really weird? Do you know what's really weird, though? I love the white ones as much as I hate the black ones. I cannot stand those black... I think the black ones are horrendous. But I absolutely love those white ones. See, now it's... I think they're amazing. It's not the jersey design itself that's particularly bad because it's it's fine. Like, it is what it is. The problem is where they've used each individual team's logo for the jerseys, some of them it works. Funnily enough, generally, the teams that have elbow stripes, it works. Yeah. And then the teams that don't have any anything resembling that, there are just certain logos that just look atrocious on those jerseys. And that's where the real issue lies. On top of the fact that it's thoroughly bland. Was, bland. Yeah, like, so it, um, it's the logos for me. I think the I think I think any logo on a white yeah. background looks fine. But when it's black, there's not enough. It's it's in some but, cases it's just literally a couple of lines on a whole black thing and it doesn't it doesn't work I don't see the it it's just a bland idea I, d- I don't think it necessarily looks terrible there are some that it looks really awkward with based on the on the striping but it's just bland and unimaginative yeah and quite frankly it just it feels like borderline lazy <laughs> is that is that wrong is that wrong to say well, I don't know. Well, if you think saving the world for our future generations is lazy, that's you know that's your opinion, and why I won't well, sign on. This is this is the thing. Like, it's not the again. The idea is really good, but I just think the execution's a bit like shit, really, isn't it? <laughs> is the execution a bit NHL? Is it that... is a little bit. Yeah. I'm I'm looking at all thirty-one jerseys now. And um, not to just turn this into ragging on to a specific team, but looking at all these jerseys, so as we said, same template, different logo, mm-hmm. it really just hammers home how sh- like how stupid it is that the Canucks have that Vancouver word mark. <laughs> I'm just scrolling through, scrolling through it. Vancouver. Like, oh, all right. <laughs> Thanks for letting me know. The white is meant to represent a fresh sheet. This is official. The official line is the white's meant to represent a fresh sheet of ice and the black is meant to represent, you know, a glistening new puck. Or Patrick Kane's heart. Whichever one. Whichever one you decide is is blacker. But the thing is, though, if you only have two colours, it has to be black and white. You can't, like, what else can you pick? You know? That's like... That's the most hippy dippy nonsense I've heard in a very long time. Like what? I've I've just given them you, the perfect. You genuinely hate that, don't you? You genuinely hate I'm, that, don't you? I'm like <laughs> s- speechless. It, it wasn't. It wasn't that I didn't have anything to say out of disinterest. I. Why? Why do you need to say that? <laughs> why does the why why does a white jersey need to represent something? <laughs> Did it, they even say ice. Ice. They said a fresh sheet of ice. <laughs> oh my god. Should we try and move on before you get too aggressive? 
I don't think I can even get aggressive about it. I just think I'm gonna my head's gonna sink further into my hands until I pass <laughs> out from all the blood rushing to it. <laughs> yeah. Let's finish on something funny then. After we talked about the Oilers last week, oh. and we said, and we said that they were annoyed that the uh, the Senators had tried to take over their reign as the world's worst run hockey team. It was brought to my attention on Twitter. And I saw a tweet from at it was four one, all spelled out, <laughs> that the Ottawa Senators had purchased advertising space on bus stations around the city. Now these have apparently been there for a while, but I've only just seen them. <clears throat> Pardon me. And judging by the some of the tweets I saw, that this is the first time everyone else has seen them. I'm going to read out for you, Will. There are four, four different people. And this is what they said. So this is a, a full-size bus station poster. And it's the player's face. And it says their name, what their position is. And then a quote, apparently from them. I don't know if it's from them or not. But that's what's on there. So the first one is Craig Anderson. There's no such thing as failure. Either you win or you learn. Then we've got famed interviewer, Mark Boriecki. Being positive in a negative situation is not naive, it's leadership. Okay. Chris Tierney, on good days we work hard. On bad days we work harder. And then Colin White, when you're having fun, that's when things start going in the right direction. Will, your thoughts? The first reaction I took from... Seeing these, Dan, was that I didn't realise Colin White was actually thirty-seven years old. <laughs> he's not. He's not looking good. He's not the spring he's chicken. Not, no, he's not. That, um, yeah, it's not. Um, not a good look for him. I don't think. And and the second thing I thought is, what the hell are Chris Tierney and Mark Borowiecki doing on those posters? <laughs> If you saw that Mark Borecki pitch, you'd be thinking, oh, right, okay, look out for this guy. He's on the run for something. He's clearly attacked an old granny or... <laughs> or it's, or it's like, a, like a redemption poster, like... <laughs> through... Yeah, I, I may have had a rough past, but through adult education and night classes, I've managed to get my maths GCSE and now I'm working as an apprentice <laughs> brickie. <laughs> Do you do you want to run your own McDonald's? <laughs> Learn how today. <laughs> I run my own chain now. <laughs> the Ronald McDonald's well. school for there's no such, There's no such thing as failure. Either you win or you learn. Let me tell you, Craig Anderson, I have failed sometimes. And I've not won or learned anything. I failed. have learned plenty of things. It's, they're just so, like... <laughs> It's almost like they wanted to do that Rangers letter to the fans. They're like, eh, I just want to, I don't know if I can really quite say that we're shit. We just want to maybe a little bit, we'll beat around the bush a little bit <laughs> and not direct to anyone. We'll just scatter them around the city of like, sorry, we're a bit crap, but we are trying. I promise. Yeah. Chris Tierney, on good days we work hard, on bad days we work harder. If that was my face, it would be. On good days, I feel I fluked it. On bad days, I lie in bed and eat ice cream. <laughs> like, no, I don't work harder on my bad days. I just want to crawl into a hole on my bad days and not talk to anybody. 
I feel like they have to work harder on their bad days just because if they didn't, like, it'd just be over. They'd, they'd implode. <laughs> is, I know, I know, I think I know what your gut reaction is going to be, but is this embarrassing? No. Yeah, no, I, I, I was the same. I, like, I, when I first saw it, I, I cringed. I was like, oh, God, Jesus Christ. But then when I looked at it, I thought, oh, I don't hate them that much. I don't think they're that bad. It's just, it's just a bit. I mean, it's sad, but um, <laughs> that's worse. <laughs> this, this is it. They're they're beyond embarrassment, really, aren't they? It's just like, it's no, worse. Stop it. Just fucking add it to the list, isn't it? Jesus Christ! What are they do? Why are they putting out bus adverts? I know why. I can't even. But, I don't even know why. Is it to drive? So you get on the bus and you think, oh God, got to go home to the fucking three kids. The wife's nagging me. I'm fucking knackered. I've got to go shops as well. Oh, there's Chris Tierney. Oh, fuck it, I'll take in a game. Let's go. Chris <laughs> Bus driver. Tierney. Off we Chris go. Tierney as well. Like, Chris Tierney. Mate, when, when you... When I saw his bus adverts, um, I initially thought... Like the side of bus adverts, you get over here a lot of like double decker buses. There's like T shaped oh, adverts, yeah. Yeah. which in- incidentally are the weirdest kind of adverts that you get. Like, what sort of poster is in yeah, that totally. shape? Um, and I was really, yeah, I was hoping for basically this, but like full length body shots and like really big quotes on the side. I did make a couple of my own. Did you? I did, I did in the end, actually. You did? Okay. Uh, not a couple so, of my own, these are actually unreleased ones that I got directly from the, uh, from the team themselves. <laughs> you're Nothing looking at them fabricated right here. I, I, I am. <laughs> um, the email from, um, from sendspr.gmail.com. Yeah, I did, th- so I did three. My first Ooh. one was, my first one was a big, because uh, it's obviously just the face, it's Eric Carlson, <laughs> and the quote on, <laughs> the quote underneath is, Shouldn't this be at a bus stop in California? Also, fuck Mike Hoffman. A very, very reasonable move from, <laughs> from Eric, I think. Yeah. Um, what did you do? I've got, I've got one here from Guy Boucher. Okay. Uh, the quote is, Every day, win or lose, I look in the mirror, smile, and think, I didn't make this roster. <laughs> I like that one. I had, uh, I've got one from Pierre Dorian. Which is being on a team makes you a team, and also you are a team, and we are a team. Team. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, I've got I've got one from Marion Gaberick. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is too obvious. You've Which, really worked at this. I should have just. Oh yeah. yeah. I should have. Oh, I feel like. I feel like whatever you're going to say now is just like he's going to be already funny because it's Marion Gabrick. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd take a day off for this. Um, <laughs> the hardest part of being injured is missing time at the rink with the boys. The best part is missing time in the taxi with the boys. <laughs> Which I wasn't very happy with, but I thought thinking of Marion Gabrick was enough of a joke anyway, so that'll do me. No, that's good, that's good. And my, my last one I got sent from Sens PR. <laughs> was uh, a giant picture of Eugene Melnick's face. And the quote is, harvesting... <laughs> I don't know, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I thought, I thought that was it. <laughs> no, no, no. It's Eugene Melnick's face, and the quote is, harvesting organs doesn't make you evil, it makes you a god. 
Pico. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> I, I, I did have one I left on the cutting room floor, which uh, would have been Mike McKenna. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, the quote I was toying with was, um, I was lucky to be part of this team. Lucky that I'm no longer part of this team. <laughs> Or lucky that that was in the past tense or something. I, I couldn't yeah. work it out. It's why I dropped it. But the sentiment's still there. Uh, no, no. I mean, I, we probably no. could go on, but um, it wouldn't just necessarily of, be I, as good. I did just get. I did just get sent an email, Will, from Sans PR. Um, it's just, it's just come through now, and it's a picture of a small boy's face, and it says, "Ottawa Senators, an old vampire man stole my lungs." That's uh, that's all it says. <laughs> <laughs> oh god I can't I just isn't isn't the Ottawa situation just very um, damning of the NHL as a league that this sort of shit can go on and when I was reading when I was reading the replies on the bus thing I was just like oh yeah I forgot about that and I forgot about that. And I forgot about that. And you just think, oh my God. I can't. You know what? <laughs> you know what I want to read, Dan? Oh God, go on. I want to, uh, I want to read Mean, mean Eugene's book. <laughs> which, which is going to be like the hockey equivalent of Mein Kampf. <laughs> He's calling Mean Eugene. <laughs> Oh God! Mean, woo! By God, Eugene. <laughs> mean oh. organ harvesting, Eugene. It's insane. <sighs> it's just ridiculous. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again. What a time to be alive, Dan! What a time to be alive! And I'll say it again. I can't believe we have to talk about the centers doing something like this again. I love it. It warms my heart. There's going to come a time when the Senators don't exist, quite frankly, because they'll they'll become like the Houston Astros or whatever, or Aeros, or yeah, they're going to move somewhere. Quebec, they'll become the Nordiques, and um, we'll look back on these with uh, these times with fond memories. We're going to miss them so much. I'm going to miss them so much. Whatever happened? There's even the fuck. Like, they might have not been. Like, the whole arena thing. <laughs> fucking Malik's been sued for a billion dollars for fuck's sake. A billion dollars. <laughs> he might be. He might go broke. He literally might go broke and have to sell that team. I would love to see a list of all the people that have been sued for a billion dollars. I'd love to see it. But it's like Eugene three times. It's not the first time, I bet. You know, he's because he's such a shyster. It's not even the first time. He's, he's being sued by the fan who gave him a kidney. <laughs> yeah. I want that kidney back, mate. You're not putting it to good, good use. You're right. They're either going to move or Eugene's going to sell. And they're just, just going to become a competent hockey team. And it's going to be really annoying. Like you, we, we talked about... Oh, let's pick a team who's kind of... Like the Flyers. We were talking, we've talked about the Flyers and they've had all these problems this year. But... That's like they're nothing compared to the Sens. I'm like Sens fans right now would kill to be the Flyers or a Stars fan or a fucking Panthers fan for fuck's sake. They'd like God. Can we just be at least just a bad team, just a bad team and nothing else? Well, the, the Panthers this. are are a good 
comparison because they've got the same attendance issues, but they have a better all ice product and none of the off ice issues. So, yeah, they're like the the, the yin or the yang to the centers yin or yang, whichever one the right one is. I'll say it again, they they I believe they are the most dysfunctional team in all of sports. Even the Browns have sorted themselves out now in the NFL. The Browns are now at least doing competent things. Here's, here's a good one for you, Dan, to, to round it out in a, in a truly British fashion. <laughs> Go on. Who's a worse owner? <sighs> yeah. Eugene Melnick. Yeah. Or Mike Ashley. Melnick? Do I'll tell you why? I'll tell this you why. This is it. I'm, I'm with you on that. Because Mike Ashley, if nothing else, is a very smart businessman. He's a very smart businessman. <laughs> and he makes smart... Bu- now, he might fuck over his team, but... And to be fair, has he really... You can't... If you're Newcastle, you just can't keep pumping money into that club and then not deliver on the pitch. Because it happened for so long, that's why they got into the fucking mess they got into. You have to have a sustained period of kind of normalcy of being just a Premier League team for a couple of years to at least build up some cachet or revenue or whatever. And that's what and they're that. doing at the moment. They're just kind of standing pat, which I know to Newcastle fans is annoying because, oh, we're a massive club, like, no, you're not. All right, sorry, get over it. You're not a massive club. I'm sorry. But I don't think my cash has ever been sued for a billion quid before. I <laughs> think. <laughs> No, it's not pictures he's... of Newcastle players fucking on billboards around town with ridiculous quotes on them. And that that's the thing, like Mike Ashley in English football is the most sort of I don't know, he is supposed to boy for a bad owner, isn't he? Yeah. That's yeah, fair to say. And yet he pales in comparison to Eugene Bonick. He's never he's never been on a podium as um you know, I don't know. Like Newcastle uh, centenary game. Well, like they're 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 about to appear in the FA Cup final or something. Yeah, and he's like, "I'll fucking move this team. I'll move them to Milton Keynes without a second thought. <laughs> they become the MK Dons reserves. I wouldn't yeah. care less about it." <sighs> Mate, he's one of a kind, Eugene. He really is. He is absolutely one of a kind. He is. I was going to say a man amongst men, but he's a vampire amongst men, isn't he? We've already established that. Yeah, that is it. He's a mythical beast. I'm buzzing for the lockout. I really hope we get a lockout because I want to see what he does. (laughs) I just want to see what his demands are. Dude, at this point, I'm just buzzing for the Senators the whole time. We we talked at the start of the year about what they were going to do and how I could never have imagined everything that had gone on. I just couldn't. Again, another team that's losing two star players at the end of the season. Yeah, a pair. If of Matt Duchesne, if Matt Duchesne stays there, he must be out of his tree. I don't well, care it's what like they were saying. Um, There's no amount of money that could get me to just go to be miserable every day. Especially as they said on Puck Soup this week, like he has precedent for for mucking teams yeah. off. Like he yeah. didn't come to the centres for this kind of life. I love. Oh, mate, we're going to be here all night. This <laughs> is the thing, we've started already. We've started already with this, like, 
And there you go. This is uh, it. We, this is everything. We were, we were so close to the end. But you should have left, left the avalanche. I mean, we almost God. got out. That was just... We're back in. Um, Matt Duchesne left the abs to to make the playoffs. <laughs> Proceeds to not make the playoffs and join the most dysfunctional team in, in hockey. It's... Thereby creating the best top line in hockey because he fucked off. Oh, my God. And because he fucked off, they get a first-round pick, which now the Sens are not going to have. And it's the generation. It's like the next superstar player. Oh, my God. I hope oh whoever God. whoever Duchesne signs with next year, like I hope like the curse just follows him. <laughs> I tell you, as soon as Duchesne walks in the door, they need a they need a fucking voodoo witch or something, or somebody who like can unleash his hex, or they get a real life witching or something, or somebody who can do voodoo, or some weird cursed person to just I don't know, take him somewhere, sacrifice a chicken in front of him or something, and just release the curse of Matt Duchesne. He's a he's a good example of the uh, the give and take that intangibles have in uh, in this life of ours. Not always a good thing to have uh, strong intangibles, Dad. If you told somebody that Matt Duchesne story, as, as somebody who like you'd have to tell somebody who understands American sports for the whole trade and all that, you know, draft picks and all that kind of thing. But you could tell that story to somebody, and they'd be like, "No way, that's crazy! Like that's crazy! <laughs> like, dude, that's like." 0.25% of all of it. Huh. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. God damn it, Senators. Never change. I love you. <laughs> I love the old Senators so much. N- nothing. If only, if only, Dan, the Teflon Don was the GM of the Senators. <sighs> if only. Do you know what I think would happen then? No, I don't think it would work. I think like two negatives making a positive. It's that it's weird. Just, it'll work really well. Yeah, like we've, we've said about Vegas before. How is that? How is that even possible? That should not even be possible. Something would happen. It'd be a weird kismet thing where oh, there's two negatives now pushing together, so they're going to repel and make a big plus. And somehow Chiarelli becomes this awesome GM. He's picking trades out of his ass. He's finding deals for these guys that no one's thought of, and they just you know they end up being amazing. Ah, oh, dear me, what a way to end the show. Fucking hell. <laughs> Alright, let's get this done quick. Man v coin flip. What's the most you ever lost on a coin toss? Call it. Here we well, go. We're going to shoot from the hip again. Alright. It kind of worked for you last week, but the the the, uh, the coin flipped well, so you are unfortunately back to being two points behind. But it's still close. Mate, so that's not too bad. Alright, not going to go. Okay, here we go. Flames, Sabres. Flames. Ooh. Preds, Jets. <laughs> Ooh. Jets. I'm feeling the Jets. Ooh. Uh, Bruins, Rangers. Uh, Bruins. Oh, yeah. Canucks, Red Wings. Fucking hell. Canucks. Has to be the Canucks. Wait, is Patterson back yet? He... Ooh. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be when that game is. I think that game's... What day is it today? Saturday? Sunday? I think he might be. Anyway... I'm going to, are you sticking with the Canucks or not? Yeah, I'll stick with the Canucks. Okay. Be fine. And then uh, Knights Penguins. Oh, uh, Vegas. It's got to be Vegas. Got to be Vegas. All right, there we go. Cheers, folks. Another Ottawa love fest on this show.
Thanks for listening. You can get to us on Twitters. I am at Dan Straight Edge. Will you are at W E V E V E R E T T. At two Brits one puck as well. Number two, number one. Will any last words? Um, no. All right, let's go. No, nothing for you. Peace. Take care, folks. Bye.